Yes, yes, podcast, which is I'm here so. Yes! Yes! Yes, 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 yes. Cross, yes, chit chat, which is El and Sierra. Okay. Yay. Yes. Yes. Uh, welcome, Sierra, back to another chit chat with Sierra because uh, we haven't had one in so long. And yay, welcome back, everybody. It's Sierra. Yay. Hey, Giselle. I've missed you. Oh, my oh. goodness. It's been so long, but it's nice to be here on the podcast again. And more importantly, it's awesome to be talking to you. Oh, this girl, likewise. I've been waiting for this moment in my entire life. <laughs> Not At really. least like for the last month or so, right? Month or so. Yeah, I missed you. I mean, I've seen, I saw you on your birthday, like almost, shoot, it's been two months. Holy crap. It has basically um, been two months. Oh, and yeah, it's just been such a busy time since then. But I mean, even if we're not in touch every day, like we used to be, it's like, mm-hmm. it's still, it's like the best feeling knowing that I just have an amazing friend floating out there somewhere in the world, probably I'm, working a lot like you have been. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and working on the podcast too. I've been doing so much to yes. help this podcast move forward. Our discord is blowing up. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And his episodes have been like being released, like more and more and people have just been engaging but girl let's talk about you what have you been up to because they've heard enough about me but girl you've been a little bit you know a little bit busy but what have you been busy doing girl no i mean first of all like i don't think anyone ever gets tired of hearing about what you've been up to but yeah things have been pretty busy over here i'm kind of getting settled into my new life uh, just in palm springs which is an amazing place it's starting to get hot. So like looking forward to a good summer of pool time and, and relaxation outside. It's kind of been fun. Also just like being myself, I'm going on now, like two and a half, three months of kind of being Sierra full time, which has been like really, really cool. I haven't changed back or like thought of myself in like the way I used to be now since like early March. So like, it's just been a really exciting time of just starting to feel even more comfortable being myself. And now it's like, I can hardly even imagine what it was like before that. <laughs> it's it's weird how right? quickly that changes. Right. I mean, it's almost a year since we met. And it's crazy yeah. that when you first came out around February or March of 2020, and seeing you like, blowing up, like, whoa, look at you doing all these things. It's like, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's been an exciting journey. It's been like, it's also been just like a I, I think like when you are in the middle of transition uh, and like dealing with the logistics of that, and I think a lot of people who are just kind of discovering their gender identity or exploring it for the first time when it's like, whether it's with cross-dressing, whether it's like expressing any sort of kind of transgender identity, it's like it consumes a lot of your mind. It consumes a lot of just brain power and just time. Thinking about it, planning it, like planning to like, find times to be yourself or whatever it might be. But then once you're kind of just being yourself all day, every day, and you're not thinking about it, it's like, how do I have so much more time in the day? But then it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Now I have three months of work to get caught up on because I spent all this time just transitioning and, <laughs> and like right. coming out to people. Mm-hmm. So that's been the last couple of months. It's just been like trying to get caught up on other stuff and like not thinking all the time about being trans, which is, mm-hmm kind of nice even it's just nice to be myself without having to think about being myself all the time right right and i know you've been doing so many things uh within not just work but like your family i i remember seeing something on instagram that you were talking about being with your dad or i don't know how that's been or something about that oh yeah that was amazing he came uh, to visit me from colorado last week and 
and we spent some time in the mountains and I just took him to a whole bunch of like my weird favorite places in the desert. And there are a ton of them. And we went to a bunch of like public art exhibits. I've been like on a, like a role of just like trying to go to a whole bunch of public art exhibits that were a part of an installation um, here in the desert. So I don't know. It's like, I've been getting around. I've been having a lot of fun. I've been um, trying to keep in touch with family and all of that. And it's been good. I mean, really no complaints except for the fact that it's just been busy and kind of hard to, hard to keep on top of things sometimes, but it's, I mean, as I'm also kind of moving into a life of not having the same kind of relationship, um, it's been good to keep kind of busy and, and stay focused on other things. Yeah. And I, and I know you talked a bit about it just with me about how it has been hard, right? You have been transitioning away from, you know, your past relationship, but still being friends with your, I guess, ex-wife or, um, with Gabby, um, yeah, yeah, making that work. And it has been a challenge and that's something the listeners would probably love hearing about. I mean, you may not love talking about it, but it's something that <laughs> it is tough, right? It is, it, it's not very easy to open up about those kinds of things, but it is part of the journey and not everybody expects that or understands that, but they, they know something about it but you're experiencing it firsthand. Yeah. A lot of people have, and and one thing I've kind of discovered is no matter how many examples I might see of people who have certain experiences with like mediating their marriage relationship, whatever it might be with their significant other, along with like the process of transition or the process of accepting any sort of trans umbrella, gender identity, like it's, it's complicated and, like there are some things I've learned from other people's examples, but no two people's situation is the same. Right. So like there are things that I, I saw like in the examples of others that kind of helped me to understand how things might go. But it's just what I have learned is that everyone's situation is really different. And for us, it's been, I don't know, it's been a kind of a sad and challenging process in the sense that we just really enjoy spending time together. And to not have that in the same way is, is, is just sad. And to know that that's not going to be as much a part of our future, like all day, every day being together is, is kind of sad, but then it's very sad, but then we do still like, we're, we're lucky enough to still like feel like we can maintain a really good friendship. Like we have, we have two adorable dogs and we're still sharing them. They're kind of going back and forth <laughs> and they don't mind. They're just happy to have a couple of places to, <laughs> to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know. And, and and that comes with any new adventure or journey into something is you are going to lose a part of whatever it was that you held onto or had in the past. And it's luckily for you, you are, you are both actually embracing that part of you, at least you are. And again, yeah. it's going to be a challenge for both of you, especially your ex-wife. But I mean, you're, you're doing a little bit better, it sounds like, I think. Well, I'm doing, I'm doing better than I was before, I think, just in, in terms of how difficult it's been. But there are still days that are difficult. I mean, there's there's no doubt that there are some days where maybe I don't have as much going on. And then I slow down a little bit and just think, well, I wonder what I would be doing right now if we were still together every day. Right. But right. Yeah. those kinds of things, I mean, it's perfectly natural when you're like, when you've been living with someone for seven years, <laughs> yeah. kind of... Yeah. Um, have to reimagine what life is like on the other side of that. It's just not something, it's not a switch that you can very easily flip, at least internally, um, being used to that right away. Like you can deal with the reality of it, but to actually get used to it takes a little bit longer. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just so happy you're back and you're able to talk about those experiences because I missed you so much. You don't even know. Like, Oh, um, I've missed you too. I know. But, you know, our lives are busy. I mean, for myself, I've talked about it. Everybody knows here. I've, I've taken a break. <laughs> I took like a month or maybe a little less than that. But I know I was even texting mm-hmm. you like, girl, I don't know if I want to continue doing this. And you were actually giving me the pep talk of saying like, well, you know, you don't have to keep doing this and everybody will understand. But like, it's it's me who helps build this community and the episodes that I release and talking makes this community better. So I was just like, okay, fine. I guess, (laughs) I guess, Sierra, I guess the voice of reason. Sure. (laughs) No, I mean, you have given so much to so many people and the challenge of like being in that position is it's not like anyone I think expects you to do it or would insist that you do it, but it's like people come to maybe rely upon it is the wrong word, but people have come to find, to find what you're contributing very valuable. And I I think like everyone was super happy when you started like really getting on releasing these episodes again. And now it's been amazing, like how much you've done just in the last, um, in the last couple of weeks, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been amazing. And we'll talk about our discord. It's the discord uh, across YAS listeners who have come on and Kind of shared their experiences. We had like one day where we had like five or six new people show up and they just started talking and we're like, okay, all right, this is nice. This is nice. And then more people started talking and it's like, oh my God, we might have a community again. Cause there was a lull there, right? When we both weren't there. And yeah, for was sure. Like, talking, so. yeah. No, but then people just showed up and that gave me reason to get back on. And then I finally like got back to my other place in the mountains to pick up my microphone. And now here we are talking. <laughs> yes. I, I, it's been a long journey, but, I know. but how else have things been going aside from the podcast? Like how, how's it going? Like getting settled into married life and, and just what have, what have you been up to otherwise? I know. Thanks. I know it's been, uh, it's been for almost a little over four months since we've been married. Uh, still tr- mm-hmm. doing the work thing, flying back and forth from the beta here. Um, yeah. You already recognize like, things are more open now. So like Kristen and I are hanging out with friends inside their homes without masks. Believe that. That's crazy. I know that. Isn't that amazing? I know all vaccinated people can hang out. I know there's still people, I don't know about, I was going to ask you this, but do you, do you feel comfortable hanging out with people that are vaccinated or do you go out there kind of with that, you know, thing in the back, in the back of your mind, like, does COVID still exist? (laughs) You know, like, uh, I mean, personally, I feel pretty safe given that I'm vaccinated and, um, I, I don't think that, I mean, if you have a bunch of vaccinated people, even if there are like one or two who are not, it's pr- like the likelihood of transmission. If you just look at the, like the modeling for that, it's much lower. And it seems like we're finally rounding the bend on that around here, just because vaccination rates have been as good as they have been. Yeah. And I know we were talking about it earlier in the year, how, you know, we were just waiting for everyone to get vaccinated. And now we're here. <laughs> I think here we are. the majority of adults and even like teenagers are getting vaccinated, which is great. So the numbers are going down in in the U.S. where we do have the vaccines, but we're talking about other countries who don't have the rollout as well as executed as we do. I mean, mm-hmm. India still has pretty high numbers, which is scary in a sense that there might be a variant, a COVID variant that might you know arise from there. It's scary. I know there's still lockdowns in place in certain countries, but you know that's always the fear, I guess. Well, India has been beyond just. Um beyond just scary in that sense, it's been like a real tragedy because like the density of population in a lot of the urban areas and it's that country has proven to be just like a tinderbox for the spread of a virus like that. Um, Mm -hmm. especially after they, 
had thought that they were past it. Like I remember just like, it, it's, I, I think one thing that I've learned from world leaders is like, you never actually want to get up on a stage and say mission accomplished. Right. Like, right. Kind of backfired. If you remember the Iraq conflict, when mm-hmm. Bush got up on that aircraft carrier and <laughs> yeah. flew that mission accomplished banner, which yeah. ended up being so widely mocked after Oh yeah, <laughs> that continued for another 10 plus years. Yeah. And then Narendra Modi in India had similarly declared mission accomplished after the first wave last year. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, I think it was a reasonable assumption at the time that they might've gotten a handle on it, or at least like you could understand why he would have that assumption. But then I things got way out of control pretty recently. And yeah. I, I bet he's wishing he had never made that speech. Right, right. It, it, it's scary <laughs> that just hearing about like, well, bodies are being burned in the street. It's like, yeah, because India has a population problem, but it's like, this is a terrible way to control it. I mean, geez. Oh, no. And you never want to think about population control in yeah. that sense. Like, it's just what we're seeing is just like a an almost unimaginable tragedy from like a scale that or a sense that we can understand it at least. For reals, for sure. Like it's, it's scary. But I mean, here in America, at least we do have the opportunity to, at least Chris and I have been hanging out with more friends and like, yeah. just, you know, missing each other, like hugging for the first time and feels like forever. It felt weird, like hugging someone. You're like, can we do this? <laughs> like <is laughs> yeah, this after weird? like feeling almost existential fear about like, touching people or getting even getting too close to people for the last year. Yeah. So Chris and I've been doing that. I'm still trying for the baby making stuff. Uh, haven't I was going to ask. This isn't the surprise episode. So don't worry. This isn't that episode yet. Oh, I was hoping <laughs> I was like a little part of, well, not just a little part of me, but like a big part of me was hoping that um, the reason you wanted to do this chat right now was to share some exciting news with everyone. <laughs> you know, I would, if anything, I was going to share that we would, we're still thinking about getting a dog a little, mm-hmm. like maybe a puppy or whatnot, but even that could be, my, that might be more of a hassle trying to get a dog. Trying to adopt a dog is almost, it feels impossible here right now during COVID because everyone's trying to adopt a dog. So oh, it's like, yeah. So it's like kind of hard because it, I mean, you know, everybody's working from home, so they want a dog or a companion to like, you know, be with. But man, it is hard. Like we're having to look through like Apple Valley in San Diego, like maybe an hour or two hour drive away just to be like in the running for an adoption of dog. And I don't want to, I, I told you, I don't want to buy a dog. I know breeders are great, but I'm like, there's so many dogs in pounds and, you know, shelters that like they need, they need to be adopted. I don't know. Yeah. One of my pups was... Um, well, both of them were rescues. One of them was like on his last hours at the shelter mm-hmm. before they were going to put him down. And we got a call from a friend saying that he, someone needed to come foster him. And after that, of course, we, we were a foster failure and he stayed with us permanently. Oh. Um, but that, yeah, kind of gone are those days, right? For the most yeah. part, like it's yeah. the shelters are way, way, way uh, quieter than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And thankfully for the dogs yeah. and for the yeah. cats. Yeah. It's just, we want one. We want something to care for and love, but not quite yet. So no news on our end yet, but that's pretty much it. We've been again, just hanging out, um, trying to, I don't know, just make the house like nest in a sense, kind of like, mm-hmm. let's repair this and this. And Kristen's about more plants, so many more plants. I was like, how do we have more plants here? This is insane, <laughs> insane. So all the love and care is going towards these, uh, our green friends in the house. So, but yeah. Well, you know what they're, they, you know what they say, right? About plants and dogs. It's like 
dogs are the new kids and plants are the new dogs, like for millennials. <laughs> that is true. That is true. A lot of plant moms now. A lot of plant moms. A lot moms. of plant moms, for sure. We were at a, we, for Mother's Day, we went to some boba shop and then like they were, they asked the customer, uh, they want to say happy Mother's Day. So, oh, are you a mom? And you're like, no, wait, I'm a plant mom. And I was like, oh, come on now. <laughs> don't, don't, I mean, yes, plants need care and love, but come on, that's kind of taking away from it, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I do have a, a dog mom mug that I really love, like when I have my coffee, but I'm not going to go around like telling people that right. I'm a mom. <laughs> yeah, like, let alone a plant, like a plant can't communicate, but a dog will bark, but like a plant, really? Anyways, anyways, uh, back to back to the podcast. Um, right. you, know, you actually, today marks the one-year anniversary of, actually it was George Floyd's death on May 25th last year. George Floyd died at the hands of police, um, specifically police officer Derek Chauvin, who was, uh, you know, convicted and arraigned last month. She has it been last month since we last talked. She's um, it's crazy. Yeah, it's been I a long so freaking fast. <laughs> And he was sentenced to jail and stuff. And there's been, you know, a lot has happened in the past year since that has happened. It sparked the entire BLM movement or put that at the forefront. Mm-hmm. They even, the House passed the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which went through, um, it went through the House last year, didn't pass the Senate, um, died in committee. And then this passed, I think in February this year, it also passed the House again. Uh, we'll see if it goes through, uh, if it dies in committee. But lots has happened in the last year, including, you know, a lot of other murders or, you know, riots and protests in the last year. It had been crazy. Um, I don't know, Sierra, uh, where were you last year? I don't know when that happened. And like, what has your experience been in the last year, even prior to the uh, George Floyd's death in terms of like BLM movement, in terms of like mm-hmm. writing and what what is what have you been feeling? I guess. Well, I have to say, like, it's I. I wasn't too kind of directly affected by, by most of it, like in, in terms of just like my daily life or my involvement, mm-hmm. um, just because it's like, I, I kind of, it, that whole situation just makes me confront and recognize my privilege that even though like I've felt, and I've, I very acutely realized what it means for like my male privilege to kind of disappear in front of my eyes as I, as I started to live as, as who I really am there is like a huge part of my privilege that still exists and being kind of a, like a, a white person in the suburbs <laughs> is like a, right, right. is a very different kind of experience than, than, um, you know, a, a lot of people who are truly facing like systemic discrimination and violence at the hands of the police are, are, are facing. And I don't know, I guess my reaction is, is just in, in some ways kind of heartened that, it seems like for the first time we're, we're starting to see the tide turn in favor of actual, like something that passes for actual justice, right? Like, yeah, I I think for the longest time we would see these kinds of situations come up um, as far, far, far too many of them have. And there was a sense of futility that I felt that like, we were not going to get anything that passes for accountability or passes for justice for the victims of violence at the hands of, of, of law enforcement. And this is shown like in this first situation, I guess, where a jury decided that this, this was the appropriate uh, course of action and, and like what a, what an important move that is. 
And let's just hope that that's reflective of the broader kind of social trends that this is in juries and, and, and these kinds of situations tend to end up being reflections of broader public opinion. And certainly like there were many times recently when we could tell like through what was happening that, that people were not ready to hold law enforcement accountable and not ready to recognize the kind of just systematic bias there is against um, people of color and particularly black Americans at, at the hands of law enforcement. But doesn't it feel like we're, this was kind of the first small step forward to actually recognizing uh, within the parameters of the system that this is an issue? It, it totally, it totally does. And I, it's crazy because this isn't the first time like <laughs> police brutality or police violence against a, you know, a, a black person or against a, a person of color has ever been shown on TV or on video or whatnot. It was just the most blatant and the most current. And like, obviously there's like perfect storm, right? COVID <laughs> restrictions. We see these videos, we see, we, we're all watching and a lot of angst and anger and whatnot all culminated, especially, remember, this was the time of Trump. I don't know if everybody remembers that guy. <laughs> uh, this was last year during his presidency and a lot of anger and frustration all just came about and people needed to vent or people needed to do something and riots, you know, happened, protests happened and the BLM movement just shot up and everybody was mm -hmm. having to, like you said, face what was at hand because a man died with his neck on the ground being kneeled on for over eight and a half minutes and we all just watched it and everyone around the world which is crazy it wasn't just like the u.s no everyone around the world saw this and had a response and it's crazy that this just happened last year oh my gosh it feels like forever ago with all the things that have happened in the last year and absolutely like, does <laughs> right it's like whoa that <laughs> happened last year and it's just, it's still amazing to me that Chauvin was convicted. <laughs> like, whoa, still, like, that's amazing because we've had stuff when it, when the officer wasn't, you know, had any sort of ramifications or consequences for their actions. So this is just, it's crazy. It is still crazy to me that, that that happened and we watched it. Yeah, we've been just watching this whole thing unfold in front of us. And there has been, it just feels like there is kind of a new collective understanding that we really need to take care of some of these problems and we need to start doing better by people of color and just like huge segments of our population who, who are just systematically discriminated against and even worse by, by law enforcement and just like so many different facets of our system are just engineered to favor people who already have privilege. And yeah, we can do better than that. And I think people are starting to realize that. Yeah, it, it, it still, it, it just all goes back to privilege, like you said, understanding the, the plight of like a black American or a black person living in America in today's climate and still the challenges we face. <laughs> Even in a year, you think there'd be more to be done. Still, this is a step. It's a step in the right direction, but there's still tons of violence, tons of, you know, discrimination happening within police and law enforcement and in every, in every day, it's still kind of scary and we're still working on it. So, Eesh. yikes. 
The other thing I wanted to talk about, I was reading a Forbes article and they said that 2021 will become record-breaking, will become a record-breaking year for anti-LGBTQ laws in advocacy group warns. Um, and in like, you know, we've talked about the the transgender sports thing that was in Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas is a big one because clearly Texas has a lot of issues with <laughs> anti-trans legislation, I guess. And last week they passed a law, of course, uh, according to this article in the Austin American Statesman, um, they, it says that uh, an 18 to 13 vote sent Senate Bill 1311 to the House, which was a bill that bans gender affirming medical care for transgender Texans. And the quote I want to <laughs> I want to add because I know you'll find so much anger in this was one of their senators. Who was it Hancock? Let's see, Hancock, Senator Kelly Hancock uh, from uh, North Richmond Hills uh, says he believes that God loves transgender Texans, but he added that a man should not go and change God's creation with surgery, hormone therapy, or puberty blockers. I'm like, oh, huh? Like, okay. I don't know. It's just your thoughts. He says, God created uh, men, women as we are. And the most important thing to understand is that we are loved in that way, Sierra. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, your thoughts, Sierra. I don't know on any of that. Well, fuck. Good thing I'm not Christian because I, then I would have to believe that I'm not loved because I'm not accepting myself as the way I was born. Seriously. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, the... I think we have to back up to the very beginning. And, and when you said this is going to be the worst year for anti-LGBTQ legislation, what it really is the worst for is, is like, and not to disregard any of the other members of the broader community, but what it's really, what's really happening is a backlash against transgender Americans. Right. That's what it, that's what it is right now. Mm-hmm. It's not so much trying to reverse gains on marriage equality or other things like that, which, I mean, we still see the occasional challenge. We still see people trying to undo what is now pretty settled case law, as well as legislative action in many states. But it's an attack on, an overt attack on transgender people. And there seems to be so little logic and so little purpose to it, other than to galvanize people on the right socially to Mm -hmm. believe that you know, there's being action taken on causes that are important to them, I guess. And it's terrifying to me to think that the, these are causes that are actually important to people. Right. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I'm like, what, what, what does this have to, what does this hurt? Who, what are you doing to these people who have, I don't know, especially when it's affecting like young kids and their care. Like, why would you not want to help them? I don't know. I, I don't get it. Well, no, it's just, it's absolutely outrageous. It is creating an issue out of nothing. It's, we would have been perfectly fine just moving on and not touching trans issues. Like if anything, like we need to have overt protection in law for people who are transgender because um, transgender people and particularly trans women of color face violence at rates that are unprecedented by other groups of society. And we've talked about that on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But what we're seeing now are, are just like issues being fabricated out of out of nothing, simply to like dog whistle to the right um, to show them that that their kind of leaders are taking up this cause, um, and so it's basically just trying to score cheap political points with with a certain like a small portion of the constituency overall, but enough to like help people win Republican primaries and kind of maintain control. 
with what they have. But like, how disgusting is that? That like your way of holding on to power is to just attack the rights and attack the safety of a huge group of people in this country of whom I consider myself a part. Right. I mean, I do too, although I don't go as far as taking hormones or whatnot to transition, but I still feel part of that community and wanting the same rights for, you know, as everyone else. And I, I, know, I know Megan, I don't know if you heard Megan's most recent talk where she talked about mm-hmm. her mom watching and Megan's from Texas. Yep. <laughs> and Megan, you know, who said, who said it, her mom is really smart, went to college, went, just got a recent her master's. And you would think that, you know, education, it would help, but it's like, you know, she's, <laughs> Megan said, oh yeah, but I saw my mom watching like Fox News and Megan's like, what the fuck are you watching? And she was saying that like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, no, it's the schools that are teaching you to be trans. And Megan's like, what the fuck? Huh? Like, yeah, it's just crazy. So, I mean, if it's not, if it doesn't take education, because clearly her mom seems educated, what is it going to take, Sierra, for us to be like, let's understand that these people have rights, that transgender people are people too. What is it going to take? Well, I'm glad you asked that question in particular, because there is a specific thing that has been proven to turn the corner in terms of people's acceptance. And that is awareness and knowing people who belong to those communities. So like, the more people know that there are transgender people in their lives, and the more people know that like, people they respect, people they like, people they have in their families or in their social social circles, like they're trans. This is exactly what we saw with the LGBTQ community and particularly like the gay, lesbian and bisexual community more broadly in the 90s and 2000s. It's like we saw an incredible transformation of public opinion because people felt more free in general to be themselves. And the more that people became kind of aware of and accustomed to just having that be a part of their lives, the, the rapidly, like the more rapidly acceptance grew. And part of this is like more and more people in this country are starting to feel free to identify as transgender or gender nonconforming. Like one of the things that the right trots out sometimes is like, there's been a spike or there's been this huge increase in the number of people who are transgender. And that's absolutely not true. It's just there are like an increasing number of people who actually feel comfortable acknowledging that in public or to others that they know. But that's what it takes. It takes knowing someone a lot of the time. If you can't be persuaded just on the merits of just that it's the right thing to do. Like if you have a child, if you have a family member, if you have a good friend, normally that's what pushes the needle in the bigger picture toward acceptance. And education is actually a strong predictor as well. You're going to have your exceptions, which can be hard to understand and kind of surprising. But the most important thing is that kind of exposure and just like knowing someone who identifies as trans. Right. And look at you, you're the, you're an educator at a top college and it's like, Oh wait, you, you, you do that. <laughs> you're like, Oh yeah. Wait, you're, you're a transgender individual. You're like, yeah. And they're like, Oh, wouldn't have known. Wouldn't have known. But it's <laughs> right. It's the, like you said, it's, it's coming out and you know, like this podcast, having a podcast that has a platform that talks about it in like a normal way. Right. I was talking about the best way to, for this podcast to exist or the the optimal goal of this podcast would be like, oh yeah, so you crush us, but it's like normal, right? It wouldn't even be a podcast, but like, oh yeah, what we do is normal 
or nobody gives a shit because you are doing yourself and living your own life that that it that people aren't able to like pick apart or people aren't able to like ostracize you and make you part of them right it's us versus them mentality which is a lot of the uh um tactics that the you know we're not we don't want to be political but a lot that the right use right it's very Mm -hmm. no they're not you they're against you they're like we're not it's not a fight (laughs) we're not trying to be against you we're all trying to work together to solve a common problem right yeah well exactly and trans people just want to live in safety yeah. I mean, it's really not that, it's really that simple. It's not like we're asking for a lot. <laughs> we're yeah, just right. asking to be able right. to safely go about our daily lives, just like anyone else. Right. But I don't know if it's a, if people are offended that you're living the life you want to live. I, that makes them feel bad about themselves. I, I don't know. How, is that it? I, I mean, I personally don't understand people's feelings about LGBTQ people in general, when they're kind of reacting to it in a negative sense, it's like, it's like I never have even been able to understand like why it could possibly be an issue to them because these are the same people who speak about personal freedom all the time. Right. That's Mm -hmm. that's exactly the irony of Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are championing like certain constitutional amendments, (laughs) you know, saying how important their rights are. Well, I mean, our rights are important too. And these the, the hypocrisy of this kind of legislation that is meant to just keep trans people living in fear is really like what it is. And the hypocrisy is, is staggering, but that's not something they see. No. Well, they also probably see transgender people as not human or they try to take your rights away, be, making you less of an equal, I guess, like less equality for them because they're something different. Oh, well, your gender is different than your sex. That means you're, you don't deserve the right to vote. I don't know, or deserve the right to have the same rights I do because I pay taxes. Like, motherfucker, I pay taxes too, just as much as you do. Or, you know, it's like, <laughs> like it maybe even more so. Like, I don't have these tax breaks that you rich, you know, right-wingers do, but that, that kind of like mentality or rhetoric that they kind of spew like you said that you know take your rights away you don't deserve these this isn't you you're not one of us it's like what the fuck yeah it's it's pretty ridiculous um and it it just feels like watching all of this kind of unfold just i mean part of it is like from my perspective it's like watching it unfold from a distance almost knowing that like there's little that separates me from a trans person in any other state when it comes to their identity or just how they feel or interact with the world. But like to be viewing everything from California, kind of watching everything unfold around the country is like, it's, it's like in one sense, it's extremely comforting to know that this is a place where we belong, where we are accepted, where legislators and, and just government, uh, government officials and, and just society in general is a lot more accepting than in other places. For sure. Yeah. But it just breaks my heart that there are people who we know, uh, who are living in states that are living in other places around the country that are just backsliding on this issue. For sure. And it's, we, we should probably do a trend on the discord, but, um, you recognize, or at least I recognize that like a lot of the listeners that I've listened to have a, uh, are from like the Midwest or from like the South and they're, yeah. they aren't able, <laughs> they aren't able to like, you know, verbalize their needs or kind of 
showcase or display their femininity or whatever you know gender they want to present as because like you said it is tough in that state because it's pro- possibly illegal or they fear you know the other people aren't able to be open whereas like right we have like eight people from indiana <laughs> and i forgot to tell yeah. you one of my one of my most recent friends old coworkers, is from indiana and he just came out to me as a crossdresser uh like two or three weeks ago we hung out and i dressed up last week for for her and she was super fucking happy to see me dressed up and it was just like yes and so she's slowly coming into her own and i'm just like is there a thing in indiana that you can <laughs> Is it a Pence thing? What the fuck did that, <laughs> what did that man do to that state? <laughs> That's like made everyone so scared and closeted. Like, what the fuck, Mike Pence? Well, I think all you have to do is look at, at what happened just recently in Tennessee, for example. They passed legislation. This legislation has been signed by the governor that requires any business that allows people to use restrooms in, in the gender with which they identify. They need to put a big sign in the window saying that their establishment allows transgender people to use the restroom of their choice. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And it's meant to look like this big, scary sign that, that will like deter people from uh, going into that business. Ugh. I mean, there are times in history that I can recall when government officials mandated that businesses owned by people of certain backgrounds would also post that in windows. And I mean, there's no purpose for that other than to shame and to make people feel unsafe. And personally, I mean, I I can't wait to travel again. I'm really excited to get out there in the world and have some fun. And like, I've thought of how fun it would be to go to Nashville and other places like travel and just like enjoy some kind of culture that I like and everything. But like hell, I'm going to that state. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Hope. No way. I am not spending one penny of my money in any state that enacts transphobic legislation. If I'm on a road trip and I need to get gas in a state that enacts that kind of legislation, you better believe I'm going to bring a gas can so that I have to spend not one cent. I'll use their roads. I'll add wear and tear to all of that, but I'm not giving one cent to the economy of any place that enacts any transphobic legislation. And I would encourage other trans people who have that luxury of deciding whether they want to be in a place like that and whether they want to contribute like their spending power to those local economies. You know what? Boycotts work. They do. They do. That's how the bus thing worked in, in Alabama, uh, Montgomery, Alabama. I think I believe that was, you know, the, bus thing um i i love the also the the boycott of like certain states with uh i don't know if you watch sports but like when georgia passed that voting law that fucking you mm-hmm. can't give water or food to voters because i'm like what the fuck that that shit was frustrating and like the, the major league baseball like took baseball out of uh or took their all-star game out of atlanta um because to kind of boycott that too i, I totally agree in boycotts like that works. And I know you're, I guess we're boycotting Tennessee. So sorry, Hope, if you're listening, we're not going to visit you, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I love Hope. She's one of my favorite people on the Discord. But yeah, I'm not going to Tennessee until this changes. I'm not going to any other state. I'm not spending money in any other state that, that uh, enacts these kinds of policies. There's some amazing places around the country that I really love traveling, including some states in the Mountain West, where I, I normally visit some summers. But if this is going to happen, uh, then I'm just not going to go there. Not only because I feel legitimately unsafe in places where 
people are um, like actively trying to make me feel that way. But because if I have the ability to vote with my dollars, I'm going to do that. I agree. I, I would totally do that. It it just it just feels so. I mean, I feel bad, but I mean, we can't do anything about it. We're not from those states, but those you know constituents or citizens who live in those states, they are still voting for these people who are enacting those laws, right? You, they could also say, I mean, it's hard, right? It's, it is their home, but they could move. But um, obviously, if you live there your entire life, moving is really hard and whatnot. And it reminds me of like, you know, like almost like refugee camps, right? Where you're living in a in a city or a country or a state that that doesn't want you there, right? Or is hurting you either mentally, physically, or whatnot. And so that's, you know, that is usually what leads people away from where you where you want to live or where you you go to where you you know you're accepted like California or you know some of these western states or New York or you know mm -hmm. generalizing but you feel bad for those states but also kind of like no nah, you fuckers did that to yourselves <laughs> like, well i would actually like mm -hmm. give a major exception to some of those like a lot of people in those states like what's really tragic is that a certain share of the population in all of these states is voting for these leaders who then um, really have their, their run of the way with things. So transgender people in Tennessee and Arkansas and Texas, like they're not really represented in government because even if there might be 30, 40, 45% of legislators in a chamber who wouldn't vote for trans or like anti-trans legislation, if you have 50% plus one who will, that's all it takes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so you can have a huge share of a population that doesn't support that shit. But if there is just enough of a majority or even a plurality that like lets people be elected who feel that way, there's really not that much you can do. So I, I feel tremendously for people who are in those places, like trying to just like live their lives being trans. And are now like the reality of having to use a public restroom in a place like that, where you that now start seeing signs in businesses. It it just makes me so sad for for just where we stand as a country that that kind of thing is possible at the local level. Uh, I know, man. I, I feel because to not be able to go to the bathroom because of a fear. It's reminiscent of the 50s, right? Or, you mm -hmm. know, 40s or pre, you know, Jim Crow stuff. <laughs> like, just being so scared to go out of your house because the thought of being fucking lynched, literally, like, yeah. shot at or mauled or some sort of violence against you. Like, how the fuck do you live in that constant state of fear? No wonder no one wants to come out. And it's like, we're, we're you know, we think that we're more progressive as a society, that we're, we allow the people to be whoever the fuck they want to be. They're not hurting anyone. You're, you being Sierra is not hurting my ability to live. Like, why do I fucking care that much? Well, I, I would hope that's how people feel, but clearly we've seen that there is at least a very vocal and powerful minority that dominates um, governance in some states that disagrees <laughs> with that mentality. Seriously. Quite sincerely. Ugh. I don't know, girl. Uh, the world. I know it's these are the shit chats I loved having with you because you are way too smart for this podcast. Is there another podcast that you can be on? Is there a podcast that just Sierra says everything 
the right way. I don't know. <laughs> is it, is there oh, like- no, people don't want to listen to me just like <laughs> spouting off like that's <laughs> that's what my classes are for, <laughs> where they have to listen to me. They're going to they're going to school. Sierra's school of, of hard knocks is what this thing would be called. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because you are clearly a voice of reason. You are very, I don't know, just knowledgeable. You sound you're you just sound like you know what you're talking about. And that's like, yes. All right. You know, I mean, that's what I, that's what I come for. That's why I listen to the episodes again. I'm like, I'm here for Sierra. Um, but please. Thanks. Oh no, people don't come for me. They come for you. And at least though, I, like you said, I, I'm good at sounding like I know what I'm talking about. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that's, that's half the battle for this. It is country. right. <laughs> <laughs> to hear, have somebody who's smarter than you say stuff like, yes, what, what can I learn? You know, that, that's all it is. The majority of it for all you cross-dressing and transgender people out there, it's, it's fake it till you make it. And then people, people believe you. So they're like, oh, cool. That's how I did it. Two years. <laughs> Two years. Oh, Mm-hmm. That idea of like fake it till you make it is kind of interesting because it's like, I don't know, applying that to the whole trans experience, that's how it feels sometimes. But like one right. of the hardest things to get over is like feeling like you're faking it. Right, right. I, Whereas I, really I, you're not. It's like if you're a trans woman, you're a trans woman. Or you're a woman. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's no there's no distinguishing. You're, you're a woman. That's who you are. And you're like, oh. And eventually it just becomes you. This just becomes, oh, that's Sierra. She used to be, no, no, that's Sierra. That's it. She's not, she used to. Sierra. Sierra, Sierra. Yeah, I I felt like I had to kind of fake it originally. And I think people feel that because it's like presenting yourself in a different way. But then eventually it just, you know, you start to become more comfortable with it. And you realize that, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe that whole time before was kind of faking it. (laughs) Right. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. As uh, our one of the guests, Jesse G, said, we're always transitioning, right? We're always changing and becoming, you know, yeah. ourselves, who we are. And that will change tomorrow. That might change the next day. But we're const- in a constant state of change. And I love it. I thought that was a beautiful uh, way of describing it. Because I think everyone is in, everyone is experiencing the same thing. Like, not one of us is the same person today that we were the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we see, like bigger manifestations of those changes other times we don't but very true yeah the metamorphosis of us is constantly just being you know different and i don't know if you remember animorphs from the book it was just like that constant change (laughs) right the cover of like oh yeah oh yeah what i remember about animorphs is like whoever that author was like had a hell of a business model i think she and i'm pretty sure like it was a woman author um yeah, yeah yeah she released like dozens and dozens of books like yeah. talk about someone who's prolific and just like was able to crank out <laughs> crank out their their stories left and right that's me that's that's my goal those are goals <laughs> i would love to do that for the podcast like damn giselle has a, a 50th episode this month yes how do we need two episodes a day um, that's my goal two episodes a day <laughs> that's gonna be like a full-time job just listening yeah perfect then people I, I'm, like, I'm there for it though i'm there for yeah. it <laughs> exactly i want people to be tired of me like fuck giselle's here again Fuck, I'll have to stop subscribing because there's too much. But one day, one day. One day. Um, But, you know, um, we'll end it with our changing stuff that we have this summer. Girl, we have some really good stuff in store starting next Friday. One of our first cross yas meets up meetups meetups. You want to talk about that, girl? Want to talk about that? Sure, sure. We're going to have some fun. People are coming. And by people, I mean everyone who's cool is yeah. coming to Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool because it's hot. They 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 have to cool it down and there's a lot of coolness. 
here. Yeah, we need a lot of coolness because it's about 100 degrees every day now. But it's a dry heat, and it actually feels really amazing most of the time. Um, but yeah, um, we're some of our uh, of our cross yes uh, listener, uh, some of our cross yes audience, and also some contributors are coming here. We're going to have a great time. Like Megan is coming from Texas. Tanya's coming. Yeah. Lily's probably going to come. You're going to come. Kristen <laughs> yeah. will be there too. Yes. Kristen will be there. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to be here hanging out at Casa Sierra and then also going out in uh, downtown Palm Springs. So it's going to be pretty amazing. Yes. Yes. And we'll all be, uh, like we said, summer ready, but not really summer ready. We're there to drink and, and have a great time. Great time. Ooh. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be our first real opportunity to like all meet up like this. So, wow. yeah, for any listeners who who are just thinking that like this is some ethereal group of of like distant crossdressers or whatever, no, it's like we're all real people, and here we are meeting up, and and we're going to have a good time. And anyone who's part of the community is welcome to be a part of that in the future too. When we when we plan other things. Yes. I mean, we'll still have our conventions one day when conventions are, <laughs> are still a thing. Um, I'd love to have a booth somewhere at some like, I don't know, so many like different cross-dressing things prior to COVID. And I'm like, oh, I was yeah. about, yeah, we should probably do something there. Have a booth or something. I don't know. Seems like well, one day I'll still rent like the, like if there's a conference room at like the Barstow Motel 6 or something, like yes. that's within our price range. I feel yes. like we can, we can yes. make that work. We'll pay for that. We'll pay for that. We'll sell lemonade outside because it'll be hot in Barstow. Perfect. Yeah. It's like, we don't even have to go all the way to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this is it. This is it. They have, they have a, there's some Jack in the boxes and some food. That's where we'll have our, uh, you yes. Know, we'll be catered some, by Jack in the box and all this other some stuff. McDonald's, some Jack's in the box. And, uh, it's going to be, yeah, going to be a great, great time. But before then I am looking forward to our meetup next week. It's going to be a great time. Yes, and I'm yeah. sure that there'll be some good stories and some little photo shoots, some video to come out of that, which will definitely end up on the podcast, on the website, on the discord, no doubt. Yes. So. yes. And the discord, everybody, if you're not in on yet, please join it, join our Patreon We've got some good stuff coming. I already released an episode today about more anal play episodes, uh, an anal play story. Um, it's on there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was just, it's blowing up. We're, 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 we're back. It feels like yeah, we back. are back. Like everything is, everything is coming alive again. I mean, everyone needs to take a vacation once in a while from yeah. anything that they're doing. So. Yes, and we're happy to be back. Um, Sierra For and I sure. are so happy. I'm so happy Sierra's back. I've been dying to talk to her and, Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Oh, I've missed you too. This has been really fun catching up like this. But oh, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about though. Like you just briefly mentioned that you you like fully dressed up for the first time in quite a while. Like how did that all go? Yeah. So um I'll talk a bit about my story with my friend who came out to me from Indiana originally, works with me at my other place, uh, still works there, also flies up to the bay. She came out and just really needed to talk to somebody. She came out to another person at work and that's gone really well. And then <laughs> it's really weird. So she messaged me on Facebook and said, Hey, um, I don't know if it's the right time or, you know, if I just have some questions. If you could talk to me, I heard your podcast and I'm like, Oh my God, she's heard my podcast. Oh, wow. Does that mean <laughs> he's a cross dresser. And of course he reaches out and is like, Hey, you know, so I've had these feelings and I'm like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. If you're going to tell me you're a cross-dresser, I'm going to fucking blow up right now. Like, yeah, shut the front door. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So he, he's like, yeah. So I've had these feelings. You know, I've just recently came out 
with COVID, you know, I, I've been staying in a hotel. I've just been like, because you, you get free hotels up in the Bay if you're, uh, or anywhere in California due to COVID. It's it's unfortunately ending soon, but yeah. So Oh no, I was going to ask like if that's still going. <laughs> I know with COVID rates going down, it's a good thing, but also like a yeah. bad thing for me. So it's yeah. fine. But yeah, so she's been buying more stuff, been able to explore herself. She's had these feelings for a while. Of course, the whole cross-dressing story. I'd love to have her on the podcast eventually. She goes by the name Sammy, by the way. Shout out to Sammy if you're listening to this. But Hey, Sammy. I know. Hi, Sammy. So she was like, hey, like I really love to meet up. I'm like, oh, my God, I'll be there. Um, like an extra day, I'll stay over there. So after work, I went to dress up. Oh, this is insane. So in... I had to meet her up at 9.30. I got ready within 40 minutes. Amazing. I know. I haven't done that in such a long time. Didn't shave my legs. Impressive. I know. For myself, who has been dressed since like January of this year. But dressed up, like Ubered to her. And she was, she saw me and she was scared. She's never been out, but she wore makeup. She wore makeup. And I was like, oh my God, are you wearing makeup? And she was like. That's awesome. I know. She was like, I was going to wear the whole garb and stuff. But I was just too scared. I didn't know. And I'm like, look at me. And I was wearing a romper and like <laughs> my boot, like my shoes. And like, uh, you know, I had my hair up and like makeup. And she's like, you look great. I'm like, you look great. It was a whole thing. We talked with my other friend, the other coworker who she came out to. And we talked and she just came out and it was just fantastic. And the next time I go up there, she and I want to go out. She says when like, if there's ever a Vegas trip or if there's ever, ever anything, she, I was like, please. And she's, if you know, you want to go with the idea of like passing crossdresser, she's six, three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which, again, height doesn't matter because they're tall cisgendered women out there. So it doesn't matter. But um, she said she just recently bought a really cute blonde wig. Uh, she's from Indiana. Of course, I'm telling you, Pence did something to that state that made there's that, something in the water. There is something in that that transgender water i don't know probably some (laughs) fracking going on um they need to fix (laughs) but yeah but she she came out to me and we just had a really good time and now we're messaging back and forth i told her you know i just got off work i was like if you want to go shopping right now we should go shopping and she's like no that's fine i have work tonight and i'm like okay and of course she tells me when she used to go shopping or when she recently went shopping she's one of those like rush shoppers so she doesn't try it on. She just puts it all in her cart and then walks out the door, like pays for it and then tr- walks out. So she tries it on at home and nothing ever fits. And I was like, duh. Oh, no. Yeah, you got to try it on at the yeah, store. You can. Try it on at the store. But, you know, the fear of like, well, I don't know if this will fit and I don't know if this works. I'm like, well, that's why you try it on. <laughs> so, but obviously with COVID, so there's that thing. But she's had some issues with her wife. Not that she's not accepting of it. Um, she's just mm-hmm. learning to understand it as any crossdresser, transgender, um, significant other or the significant other of a transgender person you understand that plight of like well who am i supposed to tell who should know like there's mm-hmm. that aspect so she's slowly coming out to the idea of it but yeah um i came out to she came out to me and we went out and it was amazing i took photos and i would post i mean they're up on our discord so yeah so anyone else out there who has a story that they want to tell if you think i'm not going to be accepting i will i will tell your story sierra's a grand example of what the the top of the mountain, the top of the Sierra looks like literally <laughs> she is there. She is out. She has told her dad. She has told her family. She has told her work. Look at her now. She is flourishing. She is our prime example of what being your best life looks like or living your best life. Because look at this bitch fucking oh. in Palm Springs, <laughs> hot shit has two gorgeous, wonderful dogs. One loves to drink the pool water still. I don't know why. 
something. Galileo was such a dum dum. He, <laughs> yeah, no matter like the uh, pool in Riverside, the pool here, it's like there's something about it. It's like crack for him. He just goes for it. Uh, see, love it. So anybody who wants to come on the podcast, tell their story, please. You're welcome. I've already had like Sierra. I've, I literally have four in the works right now of episodes of Curious. Wow. (laughs) And everyone's story, amazing, is just fantastic. Uh, You listen on the pod, you listen on the Discord, you listen on the podcast. People, we still do video chats. I think you guys did one yesterday for Miss Madeline. Madeline, by the way, hot shit, if anyone not known that. Yeah, she's amazing. And like, it's just incredible seeing how many people have joined recently and the kinds of conversations we're having. Uh, We were like having nightly video chats for a while. That's kind Mm -hmm. of disappeared or, um, it's, it's like a little less frequent, but Mm -hmm. people are still around and like, I'm trying to get back on more. I know you're, you're trying to be around chatting more Mm -hmm. and it just feels like there's, there's a lot of energy. And even in those moments where there might not be a a ton going on, it's like, you, you know, that, that it's just a matter of time before everyone signs in again and things kind of pick up. Yes. Yes. So everybody, I'm super happy and super thankful. And the Patreon is blowing up. We've got like four or five new people jumping on there. So yeah. Yes. Go patrons. You're making this all possible. Yes. Yes. And, and just to read, I don't use the money for myself. I just put it back into the podcast. So if anyone's like, well, Giselle's a millionaire. I'm like, yeah, right. I wish. I wouldn't be here. I'd be like, fuck this podcast. I don't need that if I had all that money. So Yeah, she's she's um, just putting it all back into the podcast and buying herself some lentils to subsist on. I need the lentils. And the makeup stuff is, I buy it from uh, the Dollar Tree. So, you know, I, I, I steal it from the back of the Sephora trash can. Whatever is <laughs> thrown at, I will put on my face. It's usually the really, really bright neon shades. But you know what? I'll fucking do it. Because for you guys. For you guys. But... The sacrifices you make. It's Indeed. inspiring. Indeed. But uh, Sierra, thank you so much. I will post this tonight. Um, my God, I'm, I'm wrapping up the episodes releases. I'm so happy. And I'm so glad you're back. Fuck yes. Yay. It's been so fun talking to you. This has been a great conversation. It's, uh, yeah, I hope the listeners still enjoy our back and forth as much as they seem to before. I hope so. And you know what? All right. Well, girl, thank you so much. You know, I love you. I love you so much. I will talk to you. I mean, I'll text you throughout the week because I'll be here. Sounds good. <laughs> Yes. All right. Love you, girl. Bye. Love you. Bye. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more. Mm